going to blame the fact that we've got massive winds hitting us today. Um, so we'll just blame it all on the winds. Uh, mother's mother speaking loud and clear. Jacob, how are you today? I, I'm doing great. Um, this has been a great event so far. Um, I, it's been a lot of passion. And uh, it's, I, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having USHBA here. Uh, can't be more thankful. Thank you. Well, I am very grateful for the work that all of you guys have been doing. I know um, Eric McKee, who was the founder of the US Hemp Building Association. Um, Eric is one who got very excited about the work that Her Many Voices was doing. And immediately while we were building his, his uh, workshop, his hemp workshop, he just automatically said yes to going to Haiti with us and uh, took that trip down there a few years ago. But ever since we've been connected and I was very excited when he told me that he was creating the US Hemp Building Association. Uh, you, we need you guys, we absolutely need you guys. And, um, and I know you'll probably talk about this but I know that there was a big wind win lately. Um, and I'll let you just share everything that you all are doing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I have a presentation. I'll go through the presentation. Um, but, you know, I, I've been here listening to everyone and seeing just like so much passion and absolutely, you know, it's a beautiful day. It's Earth Day. I don't know. I, it's windy where you're at. It is absolutely gorgeous here in Tennessee. Um, you know, can't be, be more appreciative of the people and everyone around the world that is taking um, that is aware, that is being conscious of what is happening on the earth and that we need to make changes and do something. Uh, I don't speak a lot about, you know, my beliefs and everything, um, but it really it's because it's extremely unorganized and chaotic and I am a firm believer in chaos and the chaos breeds change. And that, you know, that chaos is, the, is life. Is, is existence and that we need to embrace that. And, um, you know, things come together. Like uh, Attila was saying, it's like, you know, things connect and, and that's, that's what we have to be looking. We have to be looking for direction. We have to be looking for our place in this whole thing to make the world better. And- um, Absolutely, absolutely. And we need to do this in a collective sort of way. Absolutely. Um, so uh, just right. again, Thank you so much. And I'll go into my presentation here. We're gonna go over a little bit about hemp building and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're doing. Um, and... Okay, see you in a minute. All right. Um, uh, yeah, I was just trying to share the screens. Yep, got it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's giving me a, uh, apologize everyone. It's, it's giving me a systems preference thing. Um, I'm just trying to get that fixed. Sorry. Um, uh, system preferences isn't popping up. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna talk a little bit while I figure this out. Um, so, you know, the, the US Hemp Building Association is set up to really help move the hemp building industry forward. Um, we all know that there's a major issue with a lot of parts of our society and how we uh, 
treat the earth around us. We know that building is a big part of that. And, you know, we're trying to do what we can in order to change that and um, improve the situation because um, it's an issue that if we ignore it, will not go away. So at the USHBA, we are really pushing in order to bring forward this form of building um, and trying to make it as mainstream or accessible as possible. We are also working with groups to, um, to try to coordinate between the different natural building groups because we, we don't think there's necessarily one answer. It's gonna be system dependent in your environment and you really wanna be doing something that fits where you live. So we are more than happy to start building uh, relationships right now. We're trying to work with the uh, Cobb Research Institute and uh, CASBOB in California, as well as the Earth Builders. And we're trying to kind of create a collective effort there. Again, just kind of building our coalitions that help push things forward and really do what we all are really hoping to do, which is make an impact on the world around us. Um, let's see if that did it. Okay, unlock the screen, but okay. Um, so I'm gonna have to restart Google Chrome, it looks like, to make this happen. I do apologize to everybody, but um, can we manage through like a basically 30 second, 45 second switch here? We, we can do that. We can do that, Jacob. Yeah. So, all right, let me see if I can get this out. Thank you all. I'll be right back. Okay. okay. I don't know. I guess there's something in the air today. Well, I think we're all about equal opportunity tech issues. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's kind of reassuring to know that it's not, you know, limited to one one group or one geography or one type of presentation, but really everybody can have an issue. This is true. This is true. I'm I'm used to having tech issues as you know. You know, no, I it's true. I, I will yes. tell. I, I'll tell you here and say I've I've never known anyone. <laughs> was so, I'm like, I was I was super arrogant. We I'm like, no, we can fix this, and I'm like, no, it's wrong. <laughs> no, we can't. No, we can't. No, it's oh, Alicia, so. so no, we can't. Even just uh, yesterday, day before, I, I went to turn my daughter's car over. I tried. Yeah. I tried. I tried. Nothing. I contacted her and said, okay, <laughs> this is what's happening. She came downstairs turned over right away for I, her it's your so that is connection me. to mother earth it is yeah. so all-encompassing it's something i got some serious away. static going on <laughs> i got static going on all right so it looks like jacob's good to go now so we're out <laughs> <laughs> theoretically we're good to go let's let's see if the, the share button works here but i i am back on the stream yard um uh if not, I'm just going to speak. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm just going to speak and not worry about so much about the slides. Um, you know, they, it has words on them, but the basic idea is the same. Uh, basically, uh, when we talk about the hemp plant, there's so much potential. Um, uh, yeah, that's potential. Um, uh, Mikey, what is the quickest way to send these to you? All right. All right, so I'm just going to send you a link. 
That's what I'm trying to do with it's locking up. Um, yeah, so I don't know what's causing that. Not all everyone's hearing this. We're working on this, um, but uh, if not, I will just speak to the topic. I mean, we're all pretty familiar with hemp and the potential aspects of it. Um, we, of course, have the, um, the flower, which most people are very common with, and the, the medicinal uses of that. And as we try to move that forward, there's also the seed, which can be used for feed as well as oils. And um, of course, to create the next uh, generation of plants. So those are incredibly uh, important. Um, the bass fibers, which are the exterior longer fibers, um, are uh, used in textiles and have a great deal of potential in automobiles and, and paper. And then um, uh, purred or shiv, the, the inner core of the plant, is really what we use a lot when we talk about hempcrete or what we're saying is hemp lime. Um, just a little explanation between the term usage. There's a lot of conversation whether we should be referring to things as hempcrete or hemp lime. Uh, we just submitted something to the residential codes, um, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But we submitted it as hemp lime with hempcrete because of the binder we we're using. So in my mind, it's like hemp lime is specifically talking about hemp mixes with a lime binder, where hempcrete could be using any binder. And there's a lot of potential binders out there and a lot of research being done on new binders. So that's at least how, in my head, the differences between the names is working. Um, so, yeah, give me feedback, Mikey, if, uh, if that moves forward. If not, I'm just going to keep going. Um, so, again, the organization is here to establish and, um, and stabilize the growth of the, the thriving market. And um, along with hempcrete, there's a lot of products that are currently out there. There's hemp wood. Um, you know, it's made in Murray, Kentucky, but a lot of other people, and I, I know he's talking about expanding. Uh, I think he's out in, if he's not out in California this week, he's out in California next week, launching a bunch of stuff out there. And so he's spreading around the country. That company is doing a lot better and growing. There's the hemp bat insulation that of course, hemp protector is trying to push forward and open a plant floor down in Idaho. And there's a lot of other new technology that has yet to surface, but we know is being researched right now from things as diverse as new building products to potential uses of biochar coming from hemp that could be used in many different aspects. Uh, when we talk about the benefits of building with hemp, we kind of break it out into like five groups. There is the environmental impact. And of course that is an important thing, especially today, but really an important thing every day. And really the reason I'm in this room or really motivated to try to drive and push this industry forward is we need a giant shift in our behavior. We need to make, um, you know, better decisions on, on our, our aspects of where we get our materials. Um, just if you click next, it should populate words underneath. Um, the other aspect is health. Uh, there's a big health issue. It's, it's like there is a benefit to, to building with hemp on the health side, but mostly it's it's not building with the other materials. And those other materials that are commonly used have some severe um, consequences that we are really only gauging now 
because we've had people live in them for 20 or 30 years. And there's new things being added all the time that we just don't know. Uh, performance, it is a high performing material, which is great for one, for the energy impact you have on the environment around you, and will also help your pocketbook. And that is a reality as we try to move in, move this industry forward into the conventional building world is we need to start showing why it's better. And like not why it's, it's only a good environmental and health impact, but if we can hit the economic side, we will start making this move forward in a more dramatic sense. And the reality is that this industry, like so many things, it's kind of a situation where we need to start the engine and get it running. And if we can get through those stages, the cost will come down. We will hit economies of scale. We will turn in, we will create those supply chain networks that we all need so badly for this to thrive. So every little step that we can make, especially if we plan it out properly, is an effective move to eventually help our end goal, helping the environment, helping the health of our populations. Uh, most of the, the most devastated, and you know, actually I'm gonna move down the slides, uh, but um, there's also the social impact and that's really up to us. Um, if we get to the environmental, this is why I wanted to move down the slides, because I kind of break this down on these slides. Um, when we look at the environmental, not only is there the climate change mitigation from sequestration and energy efficiency, but there's also the climate change adaptation. As was discussed earlier, uh, there's big fire issues and fire concerns all over the West Coast and even over here in Tennessee. Uh, you know, we had some bad fires a couple years ago in, in the, um, the the mountains over in the east, I'm forgetting what they're called, Blue Ridge. Um, yeah, so, you know, this is, this is a reality. And this is a changing world that we're going to have to deal with. This material, if properly used, prevents fire damage by basically securing your framing in a fireproof material or fire-resistant material and thus giving you, one, a potential of the structure surviving altogether. But if not that, it gives you a lot more time to do something. And that time is critical. So even if there's a delay in the damage of that house, that can be a big deal in a lot of different situations. Um, and you know, we're also trying to create buildings that last long rather than just trying to do the same thing that so many of these economies that have developed in our capitalist society do, which is try to plan obsolescence. And we need to move away from that. I know Attila was talking about you know, greed being an issue. Part of that greed is realizing that businesses don't need to be focusing on the bottom dollar as much as businesses need to focus on creating quality things that have an impact in the greater part of society. And this is part of it, moving to something building like this. If you want to move over. Um, so then we talk about the health issues. Again, sick building syndrome. This is caused by our exposure to not only chemicals that are put in the wall, but the way we built houses has shifted in the last hundred years since the adaptation of uh, polymers, as well as the creation of HVAC systems or heating and ventilation systems that they are working on the principle that everything can be pumped in and out of your house mechanically to control temperature and moisture. This can be an issue uh, because if you get bad stuff on the inside, then it's just cycling a lot of that bad stuff out or recycling back in. I know there's filters, but it's just not clearing up what we're dealing with. So to have a system that's open 
helps to clean up some of that. You also aren't putting this material in the walls to begin with. So you're not putting poison into your house to start with. And when we talk about moisture issues, which cause mold, which is a major issue as far as health is concerned, this prevents that because mold is caused when moisture cannot evaporate and there's moisture and temperature situations that promote growth. So if we have a vapor open system where lime is, is through um, diffusion, sucking in water and transforming it to other dry areas, depending on the concentration, you don't have that water buildup that will cause the mold to grow. Uh, so this is a big advancement and big for health. You want to move on to the next one. Um, the next is performance against energy efficiency, fireproof, um, pest and mold resistant. When we talk about pests there, we're really talking about like termites and, and insects. Uh, what's happening is you're wrapping, you're coating hemp herd in a lime, which will be converting back to limestone. So you're, you're covering your organic material with stone and bugs do not want to eat stone. So that protects your organic material from these insects. And uh, it also has some acoustic dampening effects. This is kind of like a bonus effect, but it is uh, very crucial for certain people like musicians or people that want that acoustic dampening uh, effect. There's been studios that have been built using this technology for exactly that purpose to uh, take advantage of this. And overall an indoor improved uh, comfort, um, you know, temperature and humidity both being regulated and controlled to a certain level. The economic side is, um, is one of those that really we have the power right now to kind of control and guide. And us at the USHBA and the USHBF are trying our best to help it go into an inclusive area. When we talk about this growth, we, we're talking about job creation in multiple sectors from farmers to processors to end product manufacturers to installers and end customers, as well as different people in between there, including essential practices like accounting and, and law. Um, so we really need all these pieces to work together to move this forward. This will not be something that one group or one company can do alone. We need to work together to accelerate the growth of this market. We, we can revitalize agricultural economies, especially when you talk about um, what we say is isolated, I wanna say isolated economies or whatever, but if you're trying to localize your economy and feed back into your own system to make sure that your dollars are going back to invest into your community, um, revitalizing the base, which is the agriculture on the farming side is crucial. If that is not established then you're always importing. So this is a possibility for us to do that, um, you know, complete local production from seed to structure. And, you know, we're seeing a rising demand for alternative building materials for the environmental reasons, the health reasons, and there are cost and economic potential reasons for this. So as we see prices fluctuate, the reality is if you have a supply chain that is adding material to this market, it should help stabilize the market overall, as well as give opportunities when other products become too expensive to use. So this is where we need to kind of move into the market to be an existing option. And then we just let the market develop and see what happens. But this is important. Um, and then there is the, the potential carbon credits and the consequences of that. That's a large discussion these days. 
especially as governments push more and more for it. Um, move to the next. I don't know how much time I got here, so I'm just going to keep running. And uh, when we, if I have time at the end, we can I can talk some more. Um, so benefits of building, um, socially speaking, is the um, we have a potential to make this an equitable industry, which is very unique in our current world because you don't have many nascent industries, and most of them are controlled for the most part by money coming in from other industries that have been previously established and taking control of the industry. Um, and right now we're not in that situation. Right now we have small companies that are growing up. We have companies coming in from overseas who already have an established market, uh, but we don't, we don't see necessarily that the inequality will take over in this industry. And if we fight and work together to make sure that the people that know how to use this material and the people that are utilizing it are from all of our communities. We have a chance to have an equitable step forward in this, in this industry. Um, the indigenous communities are a great example and opportunity for a lot of progress in this area. I think uh, Marcus Reno likes to talk about like the inventive mind of, of the indigenous person and that that potential is your like step up. And I love that. And so invent, create, let, let's, let's move this forward. And then of course the potential of creating a sustainable and you know, distribution of this material. Um, so I'm just gonna switch into the, like what we've been doing as USHBA and USHBF. Uh, as Alicia said, um, we, we, there were some people with some excellent foresight that started this organization and really put it on the right path to be where it's at today. And recently we've been seeing the end product of some of these initial paths that were headed down, uh, if you will. The big one is we wrote building codes. Um, about six months ago, we started some fundraising and we had some great people donate and we were able to get the right people in the room and draft up uh, building codes to be submitted to the International Residential Code. This is an ICC, International Code Council body, um, that creates model codes that are used around the U.S. and by certain international countries that decide to adopt them. And we, a couple weeks ago, received recommendation for approval for our submission. So unless something very strange happens, um, we will be approved in October, at which point we need to work on adoption of the material. On top of this, We've been working with ASTM, creating the testing standards required to qualify hemp herd. So now we have hope that now what's happening is we have rules in the book so that permitting officers can be like, this material exists. If you follow these rules, then you can use it. And they don't have to be reintroduced to this thing. It's already in the codes. And then we're creating the supply chain information necessary to create the quality control systems that we will need for this industry really to compete at the same level as the existing market. So our accomplishments of, of last year were, you know, or uh, up till recently, we're getting those codes in place and establishing the rules. Now our next steps based off those is we have a supply chain group led by uh, Ryan Doherty, this is the right one, um, who is working on a guide for qualifying hemp herds. So 
we have this new testing standard. We're adding that to a couple other tests so that we can say, if you run these tests and you give this kind of output, then people will know what you're talking about. And we can have clear conversations between uh, hemp processors and hemp end product manufacturers. A lot of this is already happening. We're just making it standard so that everybody knows that everyone's playing with the same rules. Um, the other thing that uh, I'm super excited about is the next thing I'm going to be focusing on is the creation of USHBF best practices. Say best practices with air quotes and quotes in this slide because it can mean so many things. And um, in the initial research for this project, uh, you know, been pulling best practices from all over the place. And often the output is very different. It's not like any of them are not best practices. It's just more complex than that. So what the image is that's kind of drawing together right now is that we're going to focus on a topic, create small media content to go out on that topic and be part of the public distribution education material. Um, and then we'll also create a more complex or more detailed written document. And that written document will probably be compiled into a volume of some sort that will have the best practices. Um, and I think we're going to be following uh, our order organization through the sections of the IRC appendix, just so that we can connect these two things and allow people that are novices to this, but maybe have experience in the building industry go, okay, I don't understand this section of the code. Oh, let me see this video. And they can get caught up quickly. Uh, the other big step, like I said, we've been accepted, but there's a process in this code world where the code's accepted, but it still needs to be adopted by different jurisdictions. There's certain jurisdictions that will just adopt everything the IRC has, will be adopted into those. But everywhere else, we'll need to go through a process of kind of lobbying the different people that are in power and going to them and asking them, what do we need to do to make you feel comfortable to adopt this document and to allow for these types of buildings to be made in your jurisdiction, whether it be state or county, depends on the state, how complex it is. Um, we will, I think, be collaborating or looking right now, collaborating with other natural building groups uh, like CASBAH and the Cobb Research Institute and the Earth Builders Guild to try to push forward all our agendas in this way. And that way, again, we're using the community power to you to generate uh, a bigger impact with uh, conserving our own energy. I guess you can put it that way. It's like trees working together, right? It, the biggest tree in the forest isn't winning. The biggest tree in the forest is helping all the other trees around it. And so is the smallest tree. <coughs> that is the beauty of it all. Um, there's a couple other things we're trying to get done, like testing to prove some of Hepline's performance advantages, mostly talking about fire and um, structural impact. Um, and then the next slide here is talking about the different committees we have, uh, certifications committee. Uh, you know, the big thing it's gonna be working on is probably getting those tests together as discussed um, for improving our knowledge base and giving us more factual evidence to move forward our agenda. Um, the education committee right now, that's actually led by Sergei Kovalenkov, um, our friend in Ukraine, who now is in Portugal, which we're all very thankful for. Um, and Supply Chain Committee, who's working on the herd standards, Regional Leaders Committee, which is working on regional projects all around the country, especially events for us right now, and the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee, which I would urge 
everyone um, that is interested to definitely reach out to us and find out more about. Um, it looks like we may have Alexia coming on, um, Alexia Cato coming on for that officially, but she's kind of been doing the job anyway, but we'll, we'll see how that works out. Very excited about that potential. Uh, the next slide is basically um, just my contact information if anyone wants to reach out. Uh, president USHBA.org. You can also do Jacob at USHBA.org. I'm now the executive director, no longer the president. Um, that number will get to me, and that's our website. And the last slide I have is just corporate sponsors, corporate nonprofit sponsors. Um, and we can't be more thankful of everyone in on this page. This is how we're moving forward and how we're getting things done. Um, yeah, her many voices. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, it's yeah, it's good to see our logo up there and uh, and so many others um, sponsoring, supporting USHB a because it needs to be and it's well worth the support. I can tell you that. And we're going to be working together. We have been our heads have been buried in a USDA grant, um, particularly for the hemp longhouse community that that we are looking to build. And we'll be working with you guys on that one. So, Jacob, thank you so much for coming in today. Greatly thank appreciated, you so my friend. Yeah, you, you are an inspiration. Um, you know, it's like, like someone else said before this, it's, it's the good people. You know, it, mm. it's, it, we live in a very complicated world. And I, I think even the people that would be quote unquote bad are just misguided and have been misinformed. Um, but it is the good people that are coming in for pure reasons that when we unite, um, we can make a difference. And so everyone that's listening to this probably falls into that column. So let's just keep mm -hmm. up the fight and let's keep working and we will make progress and we will make change together. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your Earth Day.